good, good. There, good. Thank you so much. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention this morning. Uh, first of all, let me remind you, remind you of the attendance sheets that's on the um, clipboard on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out. Check the appropriate box on there. Put your name and address and email address and whatever contact information you feel comfortable giving us. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that so we could have a record of, of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, we always like to know who's here. And, and, um, and if you have an email address, we'd love to put you on our email um, news, news uh, uh, letter that we send out every, every Thursday and uh, just kind of keep you up on some of the things that are happening here at the church. Uh, also, this week is spring break for the, our, our children. Our schools are out, on, uh, out of school this week, and you may notice that there is a lack of people back in this back corner, and that's because our youth, who normally sit back there, uh, left early, early this morning to go on their spring break uh, trip to Panama City, Florida. Uh, they've gone down there to, um, to a church camp, and uh, so they're in transit as we speak. Uh, so we need to be in prayer for our youth as they, uh, as they go down there. I think there are about 20 of them that are, uh, that are making this trip today, so uh, we'll be in, in prayer for them. Uh, also, uh, because it is spring break, and uh, that kind of throws our schedule off a little bit this week, uh, so we're, we're kind of having a light week this week. We're not doing a whole lot of activities, not, not a whole lot of activities going on this week. Um, but we will not be having dinner. Because of that, we will not be having dinner on Wednesday night. We will be having Bible study on Wednesday evening at 6.30, but there will be no dinner uh, on Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock. And one more thing I want to call to your attention before we move on with the worship service. Um, Sixty years ago... Thursday, a very dear friend of mine and my mentor in the ministry, Dr. J.T. Ford, stood in front of a couple of people here in our congregation today and gave blessings of God on their union, and that is uh, Bill and Margaret Brewer, who were married 60 years on Thursday. What a great celebration. Congratulations, 60 years. What a wonderful, wonderful legacy that is. And we, uh, we celebrate that with you. And we celebrate it with you now, but we're also going to celebrate it with you after church because you see there are a couple of cakes set up over here, and we want to invite you to come and uh, take a piece of cake and uh, have a little reception in honor of Bill and Margaret after the worship service today. So we're, we welcome you, and, and we're glad for that. Let us hear from the Word of God today. Our reading comes from uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verses 31 through 34, and then verses 54 through 62. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all, all of you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fa fail. And you, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. And then in verse 54, 
Then they seized him and led him away, talking about Jesus, bringing him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else, on seeing him, said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour later, still another kept insisting, Surely this man was also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And at that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This is the word of God for you and me. Let us pray together. Oh God, we come before you today as people who know that we have let you down many times in our lives. There are things that we have done in our lives that we are ashamed of, things that hold us back from who you want us to be. But God, we also recognize that you are a merciful and a forgiving God, and we are grateful for that. And that's the only way that we can come before you today is because of your mercy. And so we come asking for your forgiveness. We come knowing that you forgive us, O oh God. But also we come today, O oh God, asking you for help and for the ability to forgive ourselves because often that holds us back from who you want us to be. Give us the strength, O oh God, to be the people of God, the people that you've called us to be and to do the work that you've called us to do. And now we pray your blessings upon this service of worship today. We pray that it will be a time in which your spirit would fall upon us in a very special way, that we would recognize who you are and that we will leave this place having known that we have been in your presence and it has made a difference in our lives. For we pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a misprint in your bulletin, and I wanted to holler at that about first because we'd have a very interesting thing coming up here. The hymn number is 185 to Jesus, What a Friend for Sinners. This is. And I didn't know about that because I was using my one for my, my office that I printed out. And the others are, are different. So it's 185 verses 1st, 2nd, and 5th. Let's stand together as we sing that.
boys and girls, we want you to come on down for our children's time, if wherever you are, if you need somebody to help you, it'd be great as we meet over here, and it looks like Nibby's going to be with you today. And uh, don't forget, we got children's Oops. church coming up in just a few minutes after, during our offering time. You can hit for that for those second grade and below. Good morning. How is everyone this morning? Yes, I don't have my shoes on. I can't play the organ too well with my shoes on. But one thing I did do this week is I got a wonderful little movie, and it's called... Has any of y'all seen this movie before, B-Movie? It was so much fun watching the B-Movie because it taught me so much about bees that I didn't know. Who's seen the movie? So several of you seen the B-Movie? What did you learn about bees that you didn't know before? What? Nothing? You, come on, you've learned something about bees. What do bees do for us? They make honey. I brought some honey this morning. I was, this, this weekend has been the bee weekend because I was preparing for the children's time and I had bee honey on my biscuits this morning. I wore my bee tie. It's black and white. Miss Lou, do you think if I went to Kelly's main event, I can get a beehive hairdo? <laughs> I know Mr. Jackie would get me a beehive hairdo with the, uh, to go with my bee theme this week. So what are things that bees do? They make honey for us. They uh, pollinate. We would not have flowers if it wasn't for bees that pollinate all the flowers. There's lots of vegetables that we eat that we wouldn't have those vegetables if it wasn't for the bees, right? So is everyone scared of bees? We really don't need to be scared of them because they, um, a lot of them don't sting us. And do you know if the bee stings us? What is the thing you've always heard about bees if they sting you? Most of the time they die, but sometimes they don't. But that's one thing, if a bee stings you, if they do something bad and stick that stinger in you and everybody goes, ouch, they, sometimes they die. Pastor Tim is going to be talking about a Bible story this morning about Simon Peter. And they asked Simon Peter, uh, do you know Jesus, Simon Peter? And you know what he said? He said, nope, don't know Jesus. Well, heck, yes, he knew Jesus because... He was one of the disciples. And you know what? They came up and asked Simon Peter again. They said, do you know Jesus, Simon Peter? Guess what he did again? He said, no. They even asked him the third time. And he said, no. Unlike the bee, if the bee stings you once, more than likely they're going to die. So uh, guess what Jesus did after... Um, Simon Peter denied him three times. What did Jesus do? He forgave him, said it's okay. So the point of what I'm gonna say today is we need to put B in our life. We need to be friendly. We need to be good and don't put out our stinger because if we do, we might not have a second chance like Simon Peter did for God to forgive us. So let's remember to be friendly, be good, and most importantly, 
I want you to believe in Jesus so you can be forgiven. Okay? That's my story for you this morning. Now we're going to do a little activity on the way out. What do bees do? Bzzz. Okay, well, that's, that's all make the buzz sound. Can we do that? Bzzz, bzzz. Okay, that's buzz back to our seats. And all the children can, that, that are supposed to go to children's church, they can go to children's church, and the rest of us are going to buzz back to our seats. So let's all buzz. Can everybody in the congregation buzz? Oh, I've got something for you I forgot.
us pray. Lord, we pray that more of us will be willing to mention your name. It seems so many, Lord, only mention that name in profanities. Oh, Lord, we pray you'd forgive us from those things. Help us to also, when we call upon your name, to mean it, to be totally open to your guidance, to be totally open to the path that you would have us to go. We pray you'd be with us this morning, that uh, our offerings will be used to further your kingdom, and that we can see new things and new exciting things that you can do because of that. Be with us in all that we do today, that this entire day can be a day of worship for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Marketplace. 
place is empty. There's no more traffic in the street. All the builders' tools are silent. There's no more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives, their labors in the courtrooms, no debate. Work on earth, it's all suspended. The king comes through the gate. Happy faces, they line the hallways. Those whose lives have been redeemed. Broken homes that he has mended. Those from prison that he has freed. Little children and the aged. Hand in hand, stand all aglow. Who were crippled, broken, ruined, they clad in garments white as snow. But I can hear those chariots rumble. I can see the marching throng, the glory of God's spells the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding. Heaven's grand stands all in place. And heaven's choir, it's now assembled. They start to sing amazing grace. Oh, the King is coming. trumpets sounding and now his face I'll see the king is coming the king he is coming praise God he's coming for me yes the king coming the king is coming I just heard the trumpet sounding and now his face I'll see the king is coming the king is coming praise God You didn't know how you were going to follow Jika's offertory, and uh, uh, yeah, top that, huh? Uh, I'm telling you what, y'all do this to me all the time, and <laughs> it's just hard. But uh, but thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for that wonderful, wonderful message of music. Um, uh, today's topic in our forgiveness series, we started a series last week on forgiveness, and uh, last week we talked about the forgiveness of God, and today's topic in our series on forgiveness is learning how to forgive myself. And the topic of forgiving myself <clears throat> reminds me of a story that I heard about a guy who was in the airport and he was afraid that he was going to be late for his flight. So he goes up to a man that's standing there and this man's carrying two really huge, big, black, heavy bags. And he asked the man if he had the time. Well, the stranger makes a big deal about putting down gently these two big, black, heavy bags. And then he looks at his watch and he says, the time is 6 p.m. In Singapore, it's 12 a.m. The temperature outside is 37 degrees. The barometer is dropping, and my stocks went up two points today. Well, this guy's amazed. He said, your watch told you all of that? And the man said, oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. This watch can tell you so much more than that. And so this guy was just amazed. He said, I have to have that watch. I will pay you $1,000 right now if you'll give me that watch. And the guy said, no, you don't understand. I made this watch. I invented this watch, and it's not for sale. But the guy really wanted the, the watch. He said, I will, I will write you a check for $5,000 right now if you'll give me that watch. But the man said, no, you don't understand. I made it as a gift for my son. He just graduated from college. As a matter of fact, I am going to, to, um, to take it to him right now. And so the man said, I will write you a check right now for $10,000 if you give me that watch. Well, $10,000 was too much for the stranger to resist. So he said, okay, you got a deal. So the guy writes out a check for $10,000, hands it over to the stranger. Stranger hands him over to the watch. The man turns around to walk away, but the stranger says, hey, wait a second. And then he reaches down and he grabs those two huge, heavy black bags and hands them to the guy that he just gave the watch to and said, you forgot the batteries. <laughs> now, how does that remind me of our topic of forgiveness today? Well, here it is. All of us, at some time or another in our lives, have thought that we were making a good decision about something, but we didn't see the hidden baggage that goes along with it. Because you see, we don't intentionally make a decision knowing that there's going to be a lot of emotional baggage that, that hangs around with it. But unfortunately, sometimes we do some stupid things, don't we? And we end up with all of this emotional baggage that we're carrying around with us. And most of the time, we pick up this un unwanted baggage when we step outside of God's will for our lives. And we talked about that last week. In the Bible, it's called sin. And you, rem you remember how we defined sin last week? Leaving a better way of life in pursuit of a lesser way of life. 
Remember, God says, this is my best way for your life. This is my best for your, for your life. And I want you to follow me and do my will over here. But we say, no, God, I think I know what's best for my life and I know what, what I want. And so I'm going to go this way, even though your way is that way. And that separates us from God. And the Bible calls that sin. And the Bible says that there are always consequences for our sins. And here are some of the consequences of stepping outside of God's will. Let me know if any of these sound familiar to you. Disappointment over missed opportunities. Regret over past mistakes. Lost dreams. Guilt. Shame. Fear. Self-loathing. My friends, a lot of us are carrying around a lot of baggage with us today. And the only solution for that is forgiveness. Now last week we talked about forgiveness from God by looking at the parable of the prodigal son. We talked about the prodigal son who left home and turned his back on his father and wasted his, his inheritance and then came back home and the father forgave him anyway. That was our lesson on how God forgives us. God will forgive us no matter what we have done, no matter how far we have run away from God. And when God forgives us, the past will never be brought up again. It's completely forgiven. But the problem we're talking about today is not forgiveness from God. The problem that we're talking about today is how many of us may be having a hard time forgiving ourselves. We tend to, to carry around all of this baggage from our past and never forgive ourselves. Because you see, forgiveness is real when it comes from God. But it doesn't become real in my life until I learn how to forgive myself. And I think this is that one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, had to deal with in his own life. Peter was was the most outspoken of, of Jesus' disciples. He was a fisherman by trade, and he was a very brass person. He had a tendency to engage his mouth before he engaged his brain. Uh, he was always sticking his foot in his mouth. And the Bible tells us that on the day before Jesus died, he had a last supper with his disciples. And at that meal, Jesus, I mean, Peter promised to Jesus that he would be with him to the very end, even if that meant dying with him. And then Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning, you will have denied me three times. Well, this offended Peter to no end. He said, no, that'll never happen, Lord. I will go with you to prison. I will be with you to the very end. I will die with you. You don't have to worry about that. But that same night, Jesus was arrested. He was taken into custody. And Peter followed from a distance. And when he got to the courtyard of the place where, where Jesus was being held, he was mingling around with the people, trying to keep an eye on, on what was going on, what was happening. And a slave girl came up to him and, and accused him of being one of Jesus' disciples. But Peter said, no, I don't, know who, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Then later another person came up to him in front of a crowd and said, Hey, I think this is one of Jesus' disciples. He was with Jesus. But Peter said, I don't even know who this Jesus is. And then later some, some other person came up to him and because of his accent, he was from Galilee. And, and he said, you must be one of Jesus' followers. And this time Peter swears by God's name that he has no idea who this Jesus fellow is. And as soon as he did that, suddenly Jesus' words flashed through his mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And the Bible tells us that he went away and wept bitterly. So you see, during Jesus' desperate time of need, Peter denied even knowing him. He turned his back on the Son of God and, and immediately, immediately when he realized what he had done, he felt regret and shame and guilt. Well, at this point, Peter's future was in doubt. And it wasn't an issue of whether God would forgive Peter or not. God would forgive Peter. God had already forgiven Peter. But the question was, would Peter be able to forgive himself? And in our lives... Our issue may not be that we have denied the Son of God. It may be something totally different. Our issue may be that we made a mistake in a relationship and now we're feel, feeling guilty about it. It may be that we missed God's opportunity for a career and now we're feeling regret about that. And it may be that, that we lived our lives so far outside of God's best for us that we're feeling ashamed about that. But it's not an issue of whether we are forgiven or not. God forgives you. But the question is, will I be able to forgive myself? And I'll just bet that there are some people here today who've been carrying around some of that emotional baggage because you've been unable or maybe unwilling to forgive yourself. And today's the day to finally take that step to learn what is necessary to forgive yourself. And the first step that we need to take is to come to God for forgiveness. That's number one. Come to God for forgiveness. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've run away from God, it's never too late to come back to God and receive God's forgiveness. Now you may be saying, well, that sounds familiar. Didn't we talk about this last week? And yeah, we did. This is exactly what we were talking about last Sunday. But the reason we're talking about it again today is that it is God's forgiveness that enables us to forgive ourselves. In our story, Peter really messed up. He really messed up. He denied even knowing Jesus during Jesus' critical moment. But before he was able to forgive himself, he had to be able to receive God's forgiveness. Now let me ask you something. You think God forgave Peter? You think God still had a plan for Peter's life? Sure he did. Look at the Easter story that we read last week on Easter Sunday. This was Easter Sunday morning and, and this was after Jesus had been crucified and buried and this was the third day and some of the women had gone down to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body. 
And when they got there, they, they looked inside and it was empty. And they looked again and there was an angel sitting there. And this angel said to them, don't be surprised. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified, but he's not here. He has been raised from the dead. Look, this is where they, had, they laid his body. And then he said, now go and give this message to his disciples, including Peter. That's what the angel said. Give this message to his disciples, including Peter. The angel specifically told the women to go and tell Peter about his resurrection. Let Peter know that even though he messed up, Jesus is alive and he forgives him. Now here's the key. We need to know that God forgives us so that we can receive it and then we can forgive ourselves in the same way. Look at how the writer of Colossians describes God's forgiveness in Colossians chapter 2. He says, God has forgiven all of your sins. God has utterly wiped out the evidence of broken commandments which always hung over our heads and has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. So you see, Jesus settled this issue of forgiveness once and for all. But until we realize, but until we recognize that we are completely forgiven by God, we won't be able to offer that same forgiveness to ourselves. So first of all, forgiving myself requires that I come to God for forgiveness and receive that forgiveness. And then secondly, forgiving myself requires that I change the patterns of my life. Peter made some significant changes in his life after he received God's forgiveness. For example, just seven weeks later, seven weeks, that doesn't seem like much of a, a very long period of time, but just seven weeks after denying Jesus in the courtyard, Peter is teaching about Jesus to a massive crowd of folks in Jerusalem. And after Peter speaks to them about Jesus, over 3,000 people became believers for the very first time and were baptized into the church. Later, because he kept teaching, he and John were arrested and they were brought before the, the, uh, the Jewish high council and they were warned not to speak about this Jesus anymore. And they were warned that they would be thrown into prison. I want you to see how, how they describe Peter and John here. It says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training, but they also recognized that they were men who had been with Jesus. Not do something, but to keep on doing it anyway. But that's the power of sin in our lives. That's the power of sin in our lives. Will God forgive us for that? Well, yes. God will forgive us over and over again. But here's the problem. Even though God will forgive us over and over again, if we keep on committing those same sins, those same destructive things in our lives, if we keep on committing that over and over again, we become numb to God's forgiveness. Maybe God has forgiven you, but you don't feel it anymore because you, 
you keep falling into that trap. And so the guilt begins to build up and up and up. And, and soon it doesn't matter if God forgives you or not because you're feeling so guilty you can't forgive yourself. So you see, if you, if you want to forgive yourself, then you have to begin to change the patterns in your life that, that lead to the guilt and to the shame and to the regret. Otherwise, it's just going to be a, a, a vicious circle. It's just going to go around and around and you're just going to just keep piling guilt on yourself. But folks, here's the good news for us today. Because you see, when, when God forgives us, when God enters into our lives, God also gives us the power to see those destructive habits in our lives. And, and God gives us the power to remove those destructive habits in our lives and to replace them with positive habits in our lives. Look what Paul writes in Philippians 2. He says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey God and the power to do what pleases God. So you see, when God forgives us and begins to change our lives, we become capable of forgiving, forgiving ourselves. So the first requirement to forgive myself is to receive forgiveness of God, from God the second requirement is to recognize and to try to break free from those destructive habits in our lives. And then finally, forgiving myself requires creating a new future for myself. And we may be thinking, well, isn't that kind of presumptuous of us to say that we can create a new future for ourselves? Isn't that something that God's supposed to do? And the answer is yes, but we also have a very important role to play in our future. I'm reminded of the story of a man who had gone to a place that was very barren and he created this beautiful, wonderful garden. It took him many years to do that. He, he had to irrigate the land and plant seeds and flowers and it took a long time to get all the, the weeds and, and, and get everything right in their proper place. And, and then after several years, they had this beautiful garden, this garden there and this guy came up to see his garden. And making a good point, he said, this garden that God has created sure is beautiful. But the guy who worked on it for so long said, well, you know, I, I had something to do with it. And the man said, well, let me put it this way. This garden that God created with your help sure is beautiful. And the guy replied, yeah, but you should have seen it before I got here. The point is that you and I have an important role to play in creating our own future. God's not going to do it all for you. Look at Peter, hot-headed Peter, who denied that he even knew Jesus at the most pivotal moment in his life. How would, Jesus, how would God see fit to use Peter after, after such a huge blunder as that? Let's look at what Jesus said about Peter. In Matthew 16, Jesus tells Peter, I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And then he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, Jesus said this knowing all of Peter's faults. Jesus knew that Peter was about to deny him. And yet still he chose Peter because he knew Peter's potential despite 
all of his mistakes and faults. And Jesus was right. For you see, Peter went on to become the central figure in, in the creation of the first century church. God used him to be the founder of the only organization that Jesus left behind, the church. And in the same way, God sees the potential in you as well. And God wants to see you do great things in God's name as well. And there's nothing that you can do that can limit the plans that God has for you as long as you're willing to turn to God and to ask for forgiveness and receive God's forgiveness and then be willing to forgive yourself. I know that some of you may say, well, you know, I've really messed up. I've really messed up my life. I've done some, some things that I'm ashamed of. I have ruined a lot of relationships. I've messed up this career opportunity. I have no future prospects. I have run so far away from God uh, that, that God is, is, is going to be, I'm not sure God is going to be able to bring me back home and use me. Well, folks, that's not true. God has a purpose for you. And God has given you the specific gift that you have for a reason. And God's plan is for you to receive God's forgiveness into your life. And then to escape those destructive habits that you have. And develop some new, healthy, positive habits. To open up your eyes to the incredible future that God wants you to live. And here's an important truth that you need to know. God does forgive our past, but God doesn't erase it. It's there. You know, all those bad things that you've done in your life, they're still there. You've done that, and, and they will always be there. And God doesn't erase that. And the reason why is because I think God has a purpose for it. We're given a new start, and God allows our scars to remain from the past because there's a purpose for those scars. You see, we all come to Jesus with our hurts and these past mistakes. And, and God's intention is to heal those wounds. But he doesn't erase the past. God allows our weakness to remain. And I believe that the reason God does that is so that we can be used as wounded healers to go out there and to help other people who are struggling with those same th kinds of things that we're struggling with. That's how God is glorified best. And that's how people are, are helped the best. It's when we allow God to use our mistakes to help other people. I think, I think that's why 12-step programs like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous are so successful. It's, it's because people recognize their past and they own up to it and, and they admit it and they recognize their own weaknesses, but they also accept the forgiveness of God. And they accept forgiveness from others. They never forget who they are. But they use those weaknesses to come beside other people who are struggling with those same issues. And they lean on each other for support. Folks, we all have our baggage from the past. But God can use that to help us, help us to help others deal with their baggage. So are you wondering how God can use you today? Well, take a second and look behind you. Look at the 
the baggage that's in your life. Look at the things that have hurt you the most. God may want to use those things to help other people because you've had these experiences. And now you can go out as a wounded healer to help other people that are struggling with those same issues. Now, I know it may be hard for you to see that today. Maybe you don't see how God could possibly forgive you. Maybe you don't see how you could possibly forgive yourself. You don't know how you're going to move on and beyond your past and get rid of that baggage. You don't see how God can use you in the future. Well, let me give you some encouragement here by looking at God's Hall of Fame. God has his Hall of Fame of folks. It, it, God doesn't have it. I'm making that up. But uh, there's this, this list of folks that God has used. I mean, just read the Bible and see the people that God has used for God's kingdom so mightily. And I want you to know something, folks. When you look at the names of those people there, you will realize that every single one of them had a lot of baggage that they had to deal with. Jacob was a liar and a cheater, yet God changed his name to Israel, and he became the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. Moses was a murderer and he had a problem with anger and yet God used him to, to bring the Israelites out of, out of captivity in Egypt. David was an adulterer and a murderer and yet God called him a man after God's own heart and made him the greatest king in Israel's history. Jonah ran as far away from God as he could get and yet God brought him back and used him to change an entire city. Paul persecuted the murdered Christ and murdered Christians, and, and yet God used him to become the greatest evangelist ever in the history of the world. And Peter, yes, even Peter, who denied Jesus, God used him to become the central figure in founding the church in the first century. So you see, this is God's hall of fame, and everyone in it has all of this baggage that they could be carrying around with them. But they didn't. They gave it up to God. They accepted God's forgiveness. And so they were able to forgive themselves. And you know something? You have all the potential that these people had. And you can be the next person on God's, in God's hall of fame. All you have to do is receive God's forgiveness, forgive yourself, and then open yourself up to God's potential in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Oh God, you know all of our hearts and you know all about our lives. You know every step that we've ever taken. You know, you know all of our mistakes. You know all of the emotional baggage and all of the unforgiveness that we're carrying around with us. And you know all of the guilt and the shame and the disappointment and the fear and the regret that we carry around. And so, God, we ask that you forgive us of the specific sins in our life, those things that are weighing us down. Help us to break free from the destructive patterns that are in our lives 
and help us to experience the future of hope and the potential that you have for us. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the work of God's Spirit in your life. We're going to sing a hymn in just a few moments. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. It's number 320 in your hymnal. And there may be someone here today who is recognizing right now that you do have a lot of baggage that's weighing you down and a lot of things that are just from your past that you just can't shake loose. You're feeling rotten about it and you just can't seem to to let it go. Today's the day to let it go. Today's the day to recognize that God forgives you and it doesn't matter what you've done or how far you've gone. God forgives you. And because of that forgiveness from God, we need to be able to turn it loose and forgive ourselves. Because it's only then that we can be used by God by the, in the way that God wants, us, wants to use us. It's only then that we're going to have that fulfilled life, that abundant life that Jesus promises so maybe there's someone here today and today's the day to let it go just let it go we invite you to do that today make that decision just say to Jesus I've got all this baggage and I just want to give it over to you and give my life to you let it go maybe God's leading you to uh, become a member of this church maybe you need to make a commitment to Christ for the very first time today We invite you to do that. We're going to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, and we invite you to come as we sing.
There we go. There we go. Okay, I better replace this battery before next week. Uh, I want to present to you two people who have um, uh, come in to be a part of our church and to um, uh, something, something struck uh, a chord in their, in their spirits today um, as we talked about forgiveness. And they have come to say that we want to put our past behind us and to, uh, and to accept the forgiveness of God and to forgive ourselves and, and, um, and to move on and do what, what God wants us to do. Uh, this is, this is Loretta Holmes. Holmes, is that right? Yes. Holmes and Guy Smith. And uh, they have come both to, to present themselves, have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and, and they want to become members of this church. And, and Loretta uh, wants to be baptized. I didn't check with you. Uh, Guy, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but let, Loretta wants to be baptized into this church. And I hope that you will um, join me in accepting them into the fellowship of Community Baptist Church and accepting them into the body of Christ by raising your hand and saying, Amen. 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 We are so glad for this decision that you've made. It's a wonderful decision, and it's, and it's so wonderful for you to come and to, and to make this decision and to be a part of our fellowship here at Community Baptist Church. And uh, as these people will tell you, uh, I, I say this every time someone becomes a member of our church. We're all ministers here, every one of us, and because that's the way church is. We are family, and family ministers to one another. And so with that in mind, we are looking forward to the days in, ahead when we minister to you. And we're also looking forward to the days ahead when you minister to all of us, because that's what family does. So I know you'll want to come by and to speak with Loretta and with Guy after the worship service and extend a, a hand of fellowship and gratitude and, uh, and, uh, and welcome them into our family. Let's stand for our benediction. Mm -hmm. 